The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today we radiate answers with my dear friend and soul sister, Debs Shakti. Um, She is a globally renowned professional quantum hypnotherapist and open channel offering clients and students a diverse menu of other PSI services, including energy, alchemy, and ET contact and paranormal experience counseling. And the newest thing that Debs brings forward is the movie Abduction, Alien Answers. And I am, or Alien Abduction Answers. answers. I finally got it right. Okay. And you're one of the co-producers. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Christy. I'm so honored to be here. Finally, I love your show. So well, you know, we've been trying to do this for a while, but you've been so darn busy with this film. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, it's been all encompassing. I have to tell you what an education and what a rapid education it's been. So it's not even yet. When did it come out? It, um, it comes out for streaming services on May the 3rd. So just a few weeks. Not long. Um, this episode actually may be out about that time. I'll have to double check the schedule and see what's awesome. going on. It'd be so exciting, yeah. you know. Um, and then it's gonna it's going to be on all like all the things, all the places, Hulu mm-hmm. and Netflix and uh, Amazon. It's, yeah, starts on Amazon, Apple TV, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Kino Now. My goodness, I can't even, they're, they're like 13 big platforms that's going to start on. And then uh, later in the summer, it'll, it'll go to either Netflix or Hulu, who are still kind of doing battle about it. And then yeah. eventually it comes out on DVD. Exactly. So. And uh, I, I just can't wait because you've been in the alien ET Cosmosphere playground forever all this life and many others yes many others love your background by the way honey so cool Thank you I know. it's where i'm most comfortable it's my happy place <laughs> space now, is my happy place space is my happy place now you have not always been a filmmaker no not not until the last year and a half or so oh my god well what made you want to do this i mean that's an awfully big project yeah, I mean, I, I kind of uh, got sucked into it inadvertently as serendipitous as the universe is, you know, when we allow ourselves to be open to the infinite possibilities that are around us and just say yes, when things feel exciting, that's what happened. I, I had met the filmmaker um, like maybe three years ago uh, for a different reason, had a little hour meeting, really liked the guy. But here's what happened. Uh, 
my my inner spidey sense started going off my guide said you need to get in touch with him after this meeting because there's something important here and I thought oh okay he's a big time filmmaker he's never gonna you know after this he probably all I had was an email address probably won't even read it out of a thousand emails he gets a day but I went into meditation and for two days they kept at me and they said look you have to contact him and we'll tell you what to say when you do and I did and when I said when I contacted him I said I really enjoyed our meeting but you're hiding something you're hiding from something and you're under a lot of pain and suffering and I would like to help you find out what it is and help you through it if you're open and he was gobsmacked a he opened the email b he contacted me right away and he's like how how did you see that and I said well I don't see all of it let's talk about it and we had a conversation turns out he had a very traumatic experience when he was a seven-year-old boy that affected the rest of his life and he was putting on this big front uh to make the story very short I offered him my services as a channel and as a quantum hypnotherapist which he was terrified of both, didn't know anything about anything. That wasn't his thing. Mm. And uh, so we had to go in tiny little bites to gain trust. We did several mini sessions where he had some kind of interesting and fun memories come up and he connected with, but he always kept that, that experience off to the side and he called it the big one. He just couldn't look at it. He was very afraid. And then one day, a couple of Octobers ago, he called me and he's like, Debs, I'm ready to do the big one. And I said, oh, good. Let's set up a time right in the middle of the pandemic lockdown, of course. So let's set up a time. And he said, um, no, I don't think you understand. I really do want to do it. But now I'm being told I'm being compelled to do it real time on film and make a small documentary and give it to the world because I feel like there are a lot of other people who will resonate and, and benefit from it. And I'm, and you know, my first reaction is, well, I'm very cool. You know, I'm cool with being open-ended, but uh, I have some rules about how I do my work and, you know, how are we going to film this where, A, I can't travel to you. I do this over Zoom and that's not very cinematic. And and B, I don't allow other people in the room and, and so forth. And it's like, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. And within a week, the travel stuff was lowered. So, you know, it took a lot of precautions, but I traveled to him and we figured out how to have all the equipment and all of the people, all of the people in other rooms via cables and remote stuff to film it and and we did it and when we did it it was the most shocking moving compelling thing i've ever been through and certainly him and what he found was what he thought he had experienced was not what he had, had experienced and it literally now has pushed him into his new purpose in life which is to bring answers about this type of thing to the world so that other people aren't confused about it. And so this session was about an abduction? Yes. When he was seven years old. A very frightening experience, which then turned into him remembering a lifetime of experiences from earliest memory on to now, you know? And uh, there, there's a lot to the story. I'm not going to give up any more about that just because we want you to watch the movie and see it because it's very visceral what he goes through but it's a very common story I hear it almost every day from my clients you know not that I do only ETA alien abduction clients but uh experience your stuff but I seem to get a lot of those people resonating with me so. yeah I get quite a few of those too it's um I know you do meeting so it's amazing that um, well, a that he has any memory of it. Many people don't really, 
And then B, that they would, they would allow this to come out. So why do you think it was well, allowed to come out? Mm -hmm. Well, because it's time, because of what's happening now, because of the shift that we're all going through. Everybody's waking up and starting to realize, hey, there's a lot of stuff that I've been through in my life that I don't really understand, or I'm just starting to remember, or that doesn't seem to mesh with what I'm being told life is about. But what he remembered as a traumatic experience that, by the way, you know, again, it, I can't give too much of the story away, but his parents, it was a very scary thing that happened to him one night and his parents were awakened from his reaction to it. And his father was very stern and told him, don't ever talk to anybody about this because he actually has a mark from the experience on his shoulder. And uh, he was told to keep quiet about how it happened because he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he just kept saying this being touched me on the shoulder and pushed me down the stairs. And that's what happened. And uh, the father said, don't, I don't ever want you to tell anybody about that. That's basically he said, that's BS, you know? And so he lied all his life about it. And because he was lying about it, he started lying about the whole thing to himself until it turned into something completely different. But he lived a life of feeling terrified and, uh, you know, like always on edge until he had the session and then saw what really happened and saw who it happened with and what it was all about. And he was just like, his whole universe opened up and now he is a different person. And he, his, his dharma is to bring this message to everyone else. You may not know what you think you know. And if you're suffering, especially you need to reach out to people who do have a way to help you understand. But basically, what we're being told is by virtue of this movie being put out there, actually being that I think it was, I don't want to say divine intervention that may put some people off, but it, it, it was made to be put out there beyond what we, beyond our efforts. Let's just say it was supposed to be out there. It's kind of like a catalytic thing for our society to start to waken up and get the answers about this stuff, know who they are. Hmm. Without giving too much away, um, what was the purpose of this visit? Of his visitation, his first one? Yeah. Uh, I believe as with all of these impactful moments that people have in their memory whether they're screen images or not and you know what a screen image is but most people may not it's what the brain translates as something is so that you're not so you're not so traumatized uh, traumatized right? right so whatever they remember it's like a it's like putting a push pin in a map so that when they are ready to take on what their purpose is in life, they're going to notice that push pin and it's going to be very pricky <laughs> until they take it out and look at what's underneath it. It's like a, it's like a bookmark in a book, right? It's a placeholder. That's what yeah. it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. And often these screen memories or screen images uh, however you call them, um, are something that you would know, like an like an owl, a very large owl. Exactly. That's or, a very stereotypical one. It is very stereotypical, something that you would know and accept. Um, right. and so for him, I can give this away. For him, it was the old, you know, 60s cartoon character, Ultraman. He saw Ultraman in his house and Ultraman scared him, you know, shocked him, scared him and reached out and touched him and caused a burn mark on his shoulder. And uh, when we went into the session, you'll find it, it was a whole lot more than Ultraman. But that's, but as a seven-year-old child, that's what his brain translated, what he was seeing. You know, it was the least scary, most familiar thing. Right. 
and um, he this wasn't the only experience he had when he no. was no, but he didn't know that until we went into the uh, the session, mm -hmm. and uh, then he started pulling other things out and was just like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've lived a whole other life. This is amazing. That is incredible. Yeah, that's been my experience too. If it's happened once, it's happened more than once. Yes, yeah. And, and the, the really beautiful thing is, is that when we went to the higher self to ask for, you know, to, to tie it all together, what does this mean? What is the purpose of all this? The same question you're asking right now as you know, because you've sat in these, you have facilitated these sessions, you do this too. His entire visage changed. He, he literally did his sessions sitting on a couch. And, you know, as he was going through all of this stuff, he had all the, you know, he was more relaxed, but he had all of the emotional features going on with what he was saying. And then we went to the higher self and immediately, and he's a very big guy, Immediately, he sits up very tall and straight, and this big, booming voice comes out. And you'll hear him say in his reflection of it in the movie, it was like this giant being was standing behind him, speaking through him. And what amazing moving truth came out of that. It, and he was so shocked. We were all shocked. It was amazing. Yes. And so the type of, I mean, the type of work you do is quantum healing or quantum hypnosis. I do quantum healing hypnosis technique, the Dolores Cannon stuff. And yours um, is very similar in that you go to the higher self. And so in your work, is that, was that the, his higher self speaking with this big booming voice or was it the aliens he'd been in contact with? Well, I would say both and because there's no, right. We're all connected. But right. when you, you know, for people who are listening to this podcast, higher self is kind of that, that highest version of yourself that you can still resonate with that has the ability to tap into the quantum field and give you the answers. It's, you know, source. Yes. Dolores called it, Dolores Cannon, that is, called it the subconscious, which is not entirely accurate in psychological, right. it's just that higher part of you that's behind our waking consciousness that is connected to everything and everyone else right you know some some practitioners uh of of other modalities call it the akashic records or the hall of records or you mm -hmm. know uh the universal stream of consciousness or right yeah yeah your soul your higher self the your eternal being yes all of that and um, so his higher self knew exactly what was going on, right? So it was- Yes, him. it always does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And it has quite an agenda, by the way. Well, yeah. uh, you know, whew, it started laying it out. And what's, what's so, oh, what gets my heart is that the session itself took about five, five and a half hours yeah. We have all of that footage and every second is gold and yet you have to distill it down into a 92 minute movie. And it's just the session itself is kind of the climax of that movie. So how do you distill down all of that treasure into a few minutes? It's really difficult, but I think we did it. I think you did. That is so exciting. Now, these beings who were responsible for this, you know, I just, I hate the word abduction. It sounds so overwhelmingly negative, right? Lady, I have, I'm right there with you. When he I told know. me what the name of the movie was going to be, I'm like, I don't resonate with that at all. I can't, I can't be, I, I literally said, I can't be part of it. And he's like, listen to the, there's a method to the madness. A, his guides. By that time, he knew he had guides. So he was off and running. He's like, you told me I have guides. You helped me find my guides. Now my guides are saying, this is the name of the movie. And here's why. Because if you name it something like, you know, my 
contacting consciousness revelation or something you know high and mighty like that you're just going to be preaching to the choir which is a very small part of your population but everyone on your planet has now been programmed to believe that there is a possibility that aliens from outer space come and abduct people and do things to them so those words alien abduction will get their attention and then you do the bait and switch in the movie which we do we do now i've, I've also had on this show uh gl davis who is from wales and he wrote the book harvest which was about yes. another alien visitation encounter and so of course you're you're familiar with this but yes. it's the, the dark side of it but that's not really what happens for a majority of these visitations and contacts is it right right and it is really what i believe and this is just me christy but what i believe is you get the reality that you Expect. are resonant with that you're you know that you are vibrationally a match to so if you know if all you do is look at conspiracy theory videos all day long about dark reptilians who are going in and harvesting your organs for some evil purpose blah 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 right that's probably going to be the reality that you recognize but it we have infinite realities on a multi-dimensional spectrum that we can focus upon and enjoy or learn from or experience and so i would say that you know our uh, that's part of the message of this movie is that people need to understand that it's not what the hollywood version usually is it's not in fact i would say it's so much more really it's about consciousness and unity consciousness that's what the highest part of this is and uh it's about realizing we're all connected and we get to choose how we want to interact with the rest of our being which is everything and everyone else you know et's included angels included fairies included insert entity here you know part of the same consciousness yes yeah yeah so what these beings that you know did this visitation um how were they drawn to the subject how did they know about him why him wow that's a really good question that's a question i've asked myself many times too why me you know what why us I, here's well and here's the real brain clunker for everyone i believe all humans have contact all humans have contact and why is that because the beings that they're having contact with are are them on another layer of life you know uh the guy he called ultraman was him on a, a different frequency trying to wake him up you know trying to show him there's more to life um the the beings who first interacted with and continue to interact with Whitley Strieber who is also in our movie yeah. by providence yeah right you know they are different versions of him trying to shake him loose from his you know rigid third dimensional physical dualistic construct the little space suit that he's in in inhabiting is not him so you know that's i i believe the question isn't so much why me but who am i and what am i supposed to be doing and these visitations and these experiences help give us the information we need to explore that further and to perhaps do something even greater than we've done before with what we find out so well, isn't that interesting can can you share the name of this subject of the filmmaker uh can i the can the name share, of the one you share the name of the the filmmaker the 
the the subject for yes absolutely his name is john yost i should have said that at the very beginning john yost, john yost. he works he works with uh rhino pictures r-y-n-o hmm. pictures hmm. uh which is a subsidiary of rhino productions it's been in business for probably like 35 years i believe the company so uh they're uh main office their main studios in pittsburgh pennsylvania so so john um a seven-year-old child really not doing a heck of a lot in terms of consciousness or even probably aware of all of this reality beyond the the three the four-dimensional world that we're in um that must have been quite earth-shattering to have this experience Let's just say his egg got cracked open really wide, really fast. And, um, and, and as you know, when people have these gigantic cataclysmic realizations, somebody has to be there to help pick up the eggshells and, and put Humpty Dumpty back together again, or you know, at least give some support. And, and I believe that's where I came in. You know, um, he's uh, a brilliant man and he uh well you know he's he's extremely well educated he speaks many languages i don't even know how many languages he's always speaking some other language that i didn't know he could speak um i think his life his personal library is probably over three thousand books that he has read you know he's a, a really well-educated man but this was all new territory for him and when he had this you know when the veil got pulled back he needed some help and you know uh really conceptualizing the whole thing and doing something with it because he is a very purposeful being seven years old his father was not a not supportive he told him to suppress it um and of course i'm sure growing up in a you know typical U united states household you don't talk about this and you know it was a few decades ago um how did it how did this experience affect and shape him do you think yeah well he's you know you should you should probably interview him to get all of his perspective but i've heard the story many times well and you know for a long time a lot of this was confidential between he and i that's what he wanted to work on he was it it the lie itself wove itself like barbed wire around his heart and his mind so much that he began to be terrified of things like he was terrified of being under the sky big areas of vastness he was afraid to be anywhere near big water he was afraid to be in crowds he was always on alert level 10 plus uh you know when surrounded by people he didn't like the dark everything was a threat to him and you would never have known it because he like i said he's a giant of a man and he is extremely he's a big giant irishman he's extremely affable he everything's a joke he's very theatrical in his nature and it, everyone loves him he's the life of the party no one knew how much suffering this man was going through every minute of every day and so it really uh it did a number on him but uh yeah so anyway that's how it affected him through and and, and you know you can only push a spring down so far before it gains so much inertia that it's pops back out and the jack-in-the-box just explodes everywhere and that's what happened when we met so you recognize that he had this pain that he had this secret mm -hmm. yeah. i love that yeah yeah and it was so bizarre it is so bizarre yeah and how did you know to meet this man how did that even come about well it it's funny because uh there is a whole story behind that, but he was, you know, as a filmmaker, he, this was not his genre at all. He oh, was right. doing many other things, but he uh, became friends 
well, I think his company was hired to do uh, another film in this genre and which I will not name because uh, it didn't work out well because it wasn't supposed to, because this was supposed to happen. But anyway, uh, he met many people making that film, uh, which on, went on to be made by someone else using his footage. But again, that's another story. Uh, anyway, he was making a film about a subject he knew really nothing about, but he's a good filmmaker and his crew is a good crew. And it, it, they, they parted ways, but when they parted ways, some of the people who were uh, in the film, the first film, who were uh, associated with the, the subject of the film said, you know, you got such a raw deal. We don't understand, it hurts. Um, some of us have some money and we'd like to get together with you and fund another film to be made you know, on your own terms. How do you feel about that? And so that was an idea that was being bantied around. And um, some of those people, especially the main person who had the idea uh, was a dear friend of mine and, and who I serve on a contact team with. And so uh, this person said, hey, you know, I, I have somebody else you might want to meet who you might want to put in this film um, let's meet. So I met with my friend, the financial backer and John. So there were these kind of triangulated thing here, you know, the, the connection, the financial person and the filmmaker about this uh, project. And it was just a little hour meeting and they played some of my channelings that happened during CE5s and things that were really compelling. And uh, and everybody's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's, yeah, let's, it was just in the brainchild uh, moments of, of thinking about making this, this other movie. And so, you know, I get people asking me to be on television shows and radio shows and film projects all the time. And half the time it just doesn't work out and that's fine, you know? Uh, so I didn't think a whole lot about it until that meeting was over and then I got that message and it would not leave me alone. So that's how this came about. The movie that we were talking about making together the, for the first meeting didn't, it, it didn't work out. It just, you know, it did, again, it didn't work out because this was supposed to happen. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. 
We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. This is the, yeah, this was the project that needed to come together. The other one was just yeah, a, yes. not even a ruse, but it was a... Um, it's like a stepping stone. A stepping stone. Thank you. Right? Yeah. All and, of everything in life that happens, and this is the work that I do with people often, especially coming through the channelings and it comes through these uh, quantum hypnosis sessions, usually from the higher self. Nothing is a mistake. Nothing is a negative thing that has ever happened to you. They're all stepping stones to bring you to the place where you are now. Exactly. I don't know if you've ever read that book, A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Colby. Beautiful, right? Right. Love it. Absolutely. All these, random, all these random things happen in Owen's life and his best friend. I'll, you just think, how does this ever tie together? And then it does. At the end, it just, everything ties together. So like- It always what, resolves. It always does. And so I wanted to switch back to the film. You've got Whitley Streber making a special guest appearance. Yeah, he's quite prevalent throughout the movie, actually. Uh, So again, who would a thunk, right? Uh, My own lifelong contact experiences and, and working with energy and all the beings, the multidimensional life that I was living, I was keeping that fairly, not a secret, but I wasn't tooting my horn about it. But, you know, I grew up in the mid fifties and on, and, and I was told early on, you do not talk about that anymore. I was raised in a very strict religious family and went to a parochial school and all that. And so uh, I kind of lived a parallel thing to John, John. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but I had begun to start to be more open about it, but I didn't have a whole lot of context for it yet. Until I was, I was a very young mother. I went to a bookstore because back then you had to go buy or right. borrow books at the library. I was going to buy, I think, a book on. Uh, intuitive potty training or something, you know, alternative means of potty training, because I had a little baby, and I was at the bookstore in the parenting aisle for potty training, and this book falls off, this is so stereotypical, falls off the top shelf, hits me on the big toe, and I'm looking at the cover of Whitley's book, Communion, Wow! with that iconic face that a lot of your listeners will probably know of an alien and I saw that book and everything it was just like my whole life was right there I recognized that face and needless to say I forgot about the potty training book about that book went home devoured it in a night and thought he knows my life this man knows my life I have to meet this man and then, uh, you know, about a year later, the movie comes out with Christopher Walken playing him and, you know, and, and it's a big deal. And so all of my life, I've wanted to meet him, just meet him and say, thank you, because I thought I was, you know, this crazy person having all this stuff and didn't really know anybody else who had. And uh, so we're, we're done. We're finished filming the movie. We were finished, we were in post-production and we had reached out to a lot of people asking if they wanted to be in it, including a lot, by the way, a lot of my own clients are in this movie telling their experiences. And that is the real moving part of the movie because people will see themselves in these everyday mothers, teachers, doctors, lawyers, these people talking about this work. Um, So, but we reached out to some other you know celebrities and stuff seeing if they wanted to be in it and Whitley was at the top of our list John too because he had read all of his books by then hey. and we never heard back 
from him. And I thought, well, you know, it is what it is. He's a he's busy. He probably gets asked a million times. And we were in post-production and, and uh, we get an email back from him saying, I'm really sorry. I've, I've been very busy and I had a kind of a life altering kind of thing happen in my life, personal, in my personal life. And I'm just now getting back to you. Is it still a possibility to be involved? We're like, uh, yes, where and when? And basically, I think it was like a week and a half later, we all flew out to Ojai, California, to a, a beautiful place where we had a mutual friend offer us his, his uh, property. And that's where we filmed all of the scenes you see with Whitley. And uh, for two days, it was all Whitley all the time. And again, distill it down into these few minutes in the movie so hard. But what we got were a lot of things that I think we'll have some extras yeah. with him and some little vignette things uh, because his his deceased wife, Anne, came through and she is involved as well. The movie is actually dedicated to Anne Streber. So. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah, Whitley Streber, he is just so iconic in this contact world, right? Yes. Yes. That is amazing. And and now we're and now we're good friends. I mean I love- email and text and uh yeah. It, I adore him. He's wonderful. And he and John are very, very good friends now. He adores John. So oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. To see this. Um now this whole contact, the you know, the connection with extraterrestrials, et cetera. This is, you've been doing this for decades and apparently since childhood too. And uh, you've had some amazing sightings yourself. I remember some of the stories that you've got and I was just like, oh my gosh, that was in practically my backyard. Where was I, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. And then you're very, very involved in CE5. CE5 being contact and trying to establish contact. Can you tell us a bit about your work with that? Right. Uh, Well, I've had some sort of contact group, again, for about 40 years. Back in the day, we called it, you know, stargazing or sky watching. And then I, you know, when I became more open, we called it the starseed gathering and things like that. Um, But the common name, you know, when Dr. Greer started becoming more visible and everything, was CE5, which means close encounters of the fifth kind, i.e. human initiated contact with non-local consciousness or whatever you want to call them, ET beings. So uh, yeah, you know, probably I, I would say again, maybe 15 years ago was when I first started really having like monthly gatherings, definitely you know, 10, 11 years ago and um, had a nice core group of people and the people rotate in and out as they, as they do. But, um, but a, about five years ago, not only was the local group really strong and having all of these incredible experiences together, but then I started being invited to be on some more national level groups and and international groups and so I travel and we we teach you know uh retreats where we teach people how to do this and go out there and start their own groups and so forth so uh yeah I mean every day I have I have contact constantly but every day like every night wherever there's usually some sort of manifestation in fact the I've got a little handheld radio here where they've been chirping away ever since we started. I don't know if you can pick that up, but what the heck that was. I was like, Debs, I think you got something turned on there. You mean yeah. to- <laughs> yeah. that's them chiming in saying, Yeah, buddy, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> was that it again? 
that was it. Yeah. Can you yeah. show you? I, I, sorry, I forgot I had it on because I I have it on all the time. It's just a little. And yep. we do this out in the field. We take these. Uh, my my good friend Jimmy Blanchett, who uh, now is known, he kind of started this contact modality called the radio contact modality. And uh, I was on his original team when we started researching this. Uh, you can see all of his videos on YouTube as well, or in all these CE5 sites. He's a very big name as well. So, right. And so do you, do you know um, Stephen Greer, um, you know, David Wilcox, some of these other names in this? Okay. Yeah. Have you been? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I have not met Dr. Greer personally, right. uh, but most of the people on these uh, higher level groups that I work with are um, all come from his, either his original team or his current team. So yeah, friends mm -hmm. with everybody in the community. And that's how I want to stay. You know, as you start to org, I don't know why it is, but when humans start to organize things, then they start to, you know, become separate entities and the hierarchies and all that and i'm not about that at all i'm like i love all you people so let's just you know so yeah i'm friends with everybody in the community and i want to keep that way i more the more friends the better so uh, yeah. but i am friends with a lot of the, the big name people that you read about and know all the time and see youtube videos of so mm. And some of them are my clients. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you're quite active in the CE5 community, I have to say. And uh, I've been to some of your events and, you know, there's always contact whenever you have an event. We pull good people, you know, it's the it's the vibration of the group that that causes that to happen. So it's amazing. Yeah. And then you also have your own team, the Star Teachers. Can you tell about them and how you started working with them? Yeah, well, you know, um, I started talking about, I, I publicly started talking about them again about 10 years ago uh, or a little less because they physically came into one of my healing sessions. I do energy healing work as well. And they, I had a terminal cancer patient who didn't believe in any of this stuff. And I was kind of her last straw. You know, I think her, I think she had a gift certificate, her family member bought it. And she came in and wanted, you know, she's like, whatever, I don't believe in this, but I'm here. And I literally remember just sending the intention out there, whoever can come and help me bring this person out of suffering, please, what, whatever that means, you know, I don't close it and say, keep them from dying or anything, just help them out of suffering. So I'm doing the energy work and seeing all kinds of things. And suddenly I look up and the ceiling was gone from my office. And it was, there was a huge craft above of the building, above my office. And standing at the foot of the massage table that the person was on were these seven and a half, eight foot semi-transparent featureless humanoid beings. And literally it's just telepathic, you know, information saying, let's help, let us help you. And one of them literally came behind me and slipped to my body on and started manipulating energy through my body. And I learned a lot that day. I got a lot of different techniques, but I was just floored. And, and then this, you know, eventually the session was over. Um, I set her up. I, you know, the, the ceiling closed up. It was all back to this place. And I said, uh, how are you feeling? Which is my first question always. And she said, I'm perfect. And I said, oh, good. You're feeling better because she's in a lot of pain and suffering. And she said, no, you don't understand. I'm perfect. I'm 100% perfect. I don't have cancer anymore. And I'm like, awesome, awesome. Uh, that's good. That happens sometimes. And sure. she said, I want to tell you what happened. The ceiling opened up. There was a spacecraft, and she just started describing the same thing that I had seen. Now, this is a person who didn't even believe in energy work. So 
she's like, I, I sound like an insane person, but that's what I experienced. And I said, that's exactly what I experienced. And, and lo and behold, she literally did, but she was, she didn't have cancer anymore when she went back for her follow-up visit or her next visit. Um, and she eventually, you know, went on and lived her life. And, and that's been a happy story. But from that moment on, they start, I started channeling these beings, like, and the, all this information was coming out very strong. And they gave me an ultimatum or a, a referendum and said, you need to hold a gathering so that we can talk to many people at one time. And, it, and when they did, it was like the middle of February in Kansas City, Missouri, in the middle of a blizzard. And I'm like, you know, this, nobody's gonna come. They said, put it out there. And, and I'm like, and I don't have an event space. They said, do it in your house. My house is tiny, you can't get a lot of people. Well, the night that it was supposed to happen, over 50 people packed into my little house in the middle of a snowstorm in I, February. I think I was at that one. You might've been there, but you know, they're answering all these questions. There's stuff I have no ideas coming out of my mouth. And one person there said, this is incredible, but who are you? Who are we talking to? And they said, we're we're you on a different layer of being you know we have evolved from you you are our future ancestors however uh, we realize you need a label sometimes uh, that's how you you know can that's how you attach to what you need to to call on us so you can call us either call us the star teachers or call us simply the teachers uh, but they don't they don't have names they don't you know, it's more of a group entity, although each one of them has some unique qualities still, but it's hard to get my mind around. But anyway, so ever since then, we've been working. And, you know, maybe a couple of years ago when I sat and was talking with them, I said, was that the first time? They said, no, we've been with you since we've always been with you. You just didn't know who we were. So. <laughs> Now, I keep hearing them chiming in there on the radio. Do they have anything they want to let us know? Basically, what we'd like for you all to know is that you already know. You know everything. You're unlimited. You are infinite. You've just been in this little science lab that you built for yourselves to have an experience for far too long, and you kind of forgot who and what you really are. But you're starting to get tired of it. You've squeezed all the blood out of this turnip, most of you. And so it's time to wake up and accept who you are. And we're here to help you in any way that we can to remind you of, of your possibilities and your gifts and to help turn all the switches back on in your DNA. And that's the main message. The main message, though, is to love one another and love yourself because you are all that there is. In Lakesh, we are another you. Love that. And they were chiming in too. Oh, see, there they go again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing this work for quite a while, um, but you you started out in psychology. Yeah. 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 Why did you start it? Why, why psychology? What were you hoping to do with that? You know, uh, when I was 13, I had an awakening of my own where I met my first uh, little Indian yoga guru by total accident. And so I became a yogi very early on. And I, uh, my first year of yoga was nothing but sitting and learning how to meditate and being quiet, which was very hard for a 13 year old double Aries, let me just tell you. But that meditation practice and then going through the years of learning you know all of the branches all of the arms of yoga started me on my path towards understanding universal consciousness and about that time I started you know I, I'm, I'm also an avid reader I got interested in learning about 
hypnosis because it sounded like meditation, but they kept saying, no, these are two separate things. And so basically that's why I got involved in psychology was because that was the only way you could uh, get education on hypnosis back in the day was to become involved in the, in the psychology field. So just, uh, just stepping stones. And when we were speaking earlier, you said that you, you know, of course, got into hypnosis work and realized that the, the type of things that you were interested in finding out and interested in doing was not going to be accepted by the psychology community, yeah. which I, I, I get, and so needed to decide. It's like, well, I'm going to take this path or this path. Right. You never really looked back. No, I really haven't. Um... And it's been funny because now you see people being much more relaxed. Those lines are being much more relaxed. I mean, there's still like, there's still that faction that wants to have that rigid construct, right? Of control and organization. But uh, outside the therapy room, you listen to my peers, they're all talking about consciousness and energy and, you know, all of the things so yeah all the things so and you you're in the greater kansas city area mm-hmm. do, you do, do you do all of your services all your various services online for the most part yeah for about the last six years i've gone to almost all online just because a great deal of my clientele is international mm-hmm. and you know it, it's you know so easy to just get on like we are you know on a zoom and do the work uh you know then to buy a plane ticket and fly to amsterdam and do all this uh some people still want me to and and i do i'm like you know buy me a plane ticket i'm fine with it and sometimes you know i'll do someone who's uh, a session with someone who's local if if there's no other way, it's just, I can reach more people in a day doing it online and the recording service is usually really good. And so, um, there are a lot of benefits to doing that, but, uh, when I first started doing it, zoom wasn't even around, it was Skype, I believe. And it was pretty clunky, but the teachers, the beings kept saying, I, I kept saying, well, you know, I like to, I like to touch them, smell them, see them, you know, I like to be in the same room. And they're like, remember, time and space are merely human constructs. They do not exist. Nothing separates you. The energy is there. The connection is there. And so trust. And, and that's been my big path is learning to trust. And now that's my path with my clients and my students is learning to trust. You have to trust that all is well and that you're doing what you're supposed to do. So yeah, I do most of it online. That's wonderful. And we can connect with you on your website. And it is? It's debshakti.com, B-E-B-Z-S-H-A-K-T-I.com. Of course, we'll have that in the show notes. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. The film Alien Abduction Answers comes out May 3rd. Is that correct? That's correct. It rolls out first where? Um, Amazon Prime, iTunes, Apple TV, Google Play, and many others. I can send you the complete list if you want. You put it in the show notes if you like. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. Thank you. So in the website for... The film. The, uh, the film's website is actually on Rhino Pictures' website. It mm-hmm. doesn't have its own website. It does have its own Facebook page, though. If you ever want to go there, it's just Alien Abduction Answers. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, then we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Facebook. I'm making myself a note. All right. Debs, sister, this has been... <laughs> Wonderful. And a long time really happy that it, I had to pinch myself this morning. It's like, Oh my God, this is the day I get to talk to Debs and I'm so excited. 
And I can't wait for your film to come out. This is so cool. So very cool. You're just amazing. And I love you so much. And uh, well, wish you best. I think you are too. I, you're doing the most incredible work with your clients as well. I keep up with what you're doing. And it's, it's pretty interesting that we're being, they're giving us bits and pieces of the bigger picture through these sessions, aren't they? It's like, it's all connected. So I'm really, I'm just thrilled to be part of the, the whole cascade of what's happening and, and you're in it with me and we're riding this wild ra river raft ride together, I guess, right, sister? That's right, absolutely. Everybody's got a piece of the same puzzle and we're getting the picture. Yeah, yeah. Thank but you. Thank you. I love you so much and thank you for all that you're doing in this world. You're a great light. Me too, honey. Thank you so much. Love you. Thanks. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.